Rice IT is a global software service company that provides software consulting, staffing, and governance risk compliance services. With over 1,000 employees and consultants in the United States, it focuses on cloud, workflow automation, and business intelligence. As a service provider to companies across the globe, Rice IT delivers a broad range of services, such as digital transformation, custom software development, and staffing to fintech, insurance, healthcare, and SaaS markets. Our subsidiaries are iTech, SmartWorks, Cox Little, and the Excel Group. Welcome to Rise to the Future podcast. My name is Dobrina Ustun, and I'm the general counsel for Rice IT Solutions and I manage the in-house immigration and compliance matters. I have more than 10 years of business immigration experience advising companies and providing innovative corporate immigration solutions. At Rights IT, we pride ourselves on having a robust in-house immigration team of senior immigration law experts who provide world-class immigration assistance to our employees. And today, it is my pleasure to introduce one of our star employees and immigration experts, Marcy Carretto. Marcy Carretto is the immigration program manager for all non-immigrant related matters for Rice AT Solutions. She has over 15 years of business immigration experience with IT consulting and financial services companies and has been with Rice AT for over eight years. She oversees the H-1B program, including petitions for transfers, amendments, and extensions, as well as stamping and I-9 E-Verify processes. Marcy, welcome to the podcast. And can you tell us a bit more about your work and role at Rice IT? Sure. Thank you, Dobrina. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, so part of my role, as Dobrina mentioned, is managing the I-9 and E-Verify programs, as well as the non-immigrant programs for the Rise IT companies. Um, this includes having processes in place to ensure that all sponsored employees maintain their status at all times. Um, this is from you know, timely filing of extensions and amendments to work authorization re-verifications through the I-9 process. Thank you, Marcy. And um, based on your experience, for any company that has sponsored employees, uh, what are some tips and tricks when it comes to preparing an H-1B petition? Can you walk us through the process and explain do's and most importantly, don'ts? Of course. Um, the most important thing, and I can't stress this enough, is having clear, well-defined processes. This goes a long way um, it includes having standardized practices for employee document intake, um, meeting with the employee to discuss their filing prior to proceeding and filing of the petition. Uh, you know, keep in mind that while we have templates, checklists, and best practices, they have to be adaptable to USCIS changes and trends we are seeing. So it's really important to stay on top of these trends and things that you're hearing, but don't rely on blogs and just rumor mills and things like that that people are telling you, you can't be reactionary. You have to really do your research and dive in. Um, what we do here and what I love as a process is having an assessment call with each employee prior to um, filing a petition. So after we've gathered all the documentation or most of it, we set up a, anywhere from a 15 to 30 minute call with them, go over the documents that we've received, what's still outstanding, why we need it, what we're seeing lately, 
from an immigration standpoint, from processing times, because sometimes they're very anxious about that, to just you know, like what's going on with their, you know, with their petition in particular. We treat each person as an individual. We don't treat, treat it as a group. So not all, not every software engineer is a software engineer is a software engineer. You have to treat them differently depending on their education background and whatnot. And these assessment calls really go a long way in not only solidifying their relationship with the employee and wanting them to stay and love the fact that they're getting this one-on-one attention. It really just helps the petition coordinator when drafting a petition. Um, so one of the, another don't is like dispelling all these rumors and these noise that you hear. Like, as I mentioned, you know, hearing these rumor mills about what's going on, people reading blogs, it's really important that you don't listen to those and that you stay on top of things, whether it's having an in-house immigration attorney like we do with Dobrina or um, going online on AILA. Um, going on USCIS um, seminars that they host, or going to, to you know conferences and things like that. It's really important that you do that and you just don't react just because you're hearing something different and change your processes. And don't wing it when it comes to immigration. Know what you don't know and find a subject matter expert that can help you. Yeah, thank you, Marcy. I think the I, one of the worst is when the, um, some employees tells us, "Well, you know, my friends told me so." Um, <laughs> I, um, I, often it's uh, mostly wrong information, um, and I think each case is different. So even if um, your uh, friend's case was successful, it doesn't mean that your will be. It just cases are different. Um, yeah, so I really like the, the the process and especially the assessment calls where you actually gather the information beforehand and flag um, any potential issues with uh, with that petition. Um, for those of us who are in the immigration field, we know that immigration processes uh, are complicated and riddled with um, confusing requirements. How do you make sure that the H-1B process for our sponsored employees is flawless? Well, you know, again, it goes back to the assessment call. It goes back to being prepared and having standardized processes. So, like for example, we use a case management system, an online one, to gather documents, and we have standards that we adhere to. We also, as we're going through the processes, so we do the assessment call. And after that, you know, it's drafting the petition um, and making sure there's a rigorous review process in place once it's drafted. So the person that's drafting it is not reviewing their own petition. We have someone else, like such as myself or you, you know, reviewing, you know, reviewing the petition before it's going out, and we have checklists in place. So it's really important to have these checklists, and I'm talking about like page by page, section by section checklist of everything that goes into a petition to make sure it makes sense, that nothing was left out, that no checkbox is left unchecked that needs to be, because the worst feeling is getting a petition returned when you've accidentally not checked something or checked the wrong box. And you know, speak from experience, you learn from your mistakes, but it's important that you're adaptable and you have good processes in place. Yeah, I agree 100%. Um, now, uh, you've been with the company for more than eight years. Um, what would you say is our strength as a company? Um, a number of things. I have to say I pride ourselves on the fact that we're very unique and that we have an in-house immigration attorney. Um, and we have a whole team of petition coordinators and myself, and we have an expert on the, the NA, 
on the IV side, the green card process. And I think that that is really key uh, because we're here to educate not only our employees, but management as well of what we're seeing. And I think that that's really key. I think communication is key. Um, we have a monthly newsletter that goes out to all of our employees that tells about upcoming, like what's going on, what trends we're seeing. And I think, you know, again, processes and communication are the key to success. Um, some There's things that you can't control, but these things of communicating to employees and management is very important. Thank you. Um, you mentioned trends. Uh, what are we seeing in terms of stamping? What are some current trends uh, with the U.S. consulates um, abroad? Sure. So what we're seeing is a lot of people being called in for interviews. Um, you know, a lot of people these days, since Dropbox eligibility opened up to 48 months, so a lot of people think, oh, great, I go for Dropbox. I don't have an interview. They're getting called in for interviews. Uh, most of our employees, luckily, and most people that I've spoken to outside of our employees, they get called in. They say, okay, thank you for coming in. Here's your passport. Here's your passport. You'll get your passport in a week. So a lot of times I think, I can't say with certainty, but I think sometimes it's, you know, quotas that they have to meet for, you know, interviewing people. Others are getting called in and they're asking for further documentation, but I'm not seeing them asking for client documentation these days. But the problem that our employees personally are facing are getting called in for an interview, but the interview is a month or two out. So they have to just make sure that their clients or their employers are aware that they may be stuck outside the U.S. for an extended period of time and be prepared for that. And we try to prepare them for that ahead of time as well and advise them and plan accordingly. So that's a really big thing for them being stuck out for two to three months potentially. You know, I always encourage them to try to get an earlier appointment, but that's not always possible. Yeah, and it's definitely a trend that we will be following and um, communicating to, to our employees. Um, do you have any final words of wisdom for companies and employees who are about to file their H-1B cap petitions? Yes, I mean, it's, it's after the fact of registration, but it all comes down to being prepared gathering your documents as soon as possible. Three months goes by very, very quickly. I mean, look, it's already the beginning of April. So it comes down to not only getting all the documentation in a timely manner, but educating these individuals that have gotten selected for the CAP. Uh, this may be their first time they're ever experiencing any immigration matter, and they have no idea except for what they hear from their friends and family and blogs. So I think taking the time out to meet with them, whether it's as a large group and just give them an education on the H-1B program, um, you know, or meeting with them one-on-one -on -one like we do, will go a long way in educating them and explaining to them why we need what we need from them. So I can't stress processes and communication enough. Yeah, I 100%, 100% agree. And uh, based on my my experience, um, usually people that you know wait or are late, late to submit documents and do a rush rush petitions um, don't get the outcomes that um, they want to. So I uh, can't stress enough that everything needs to be done timely. Um, and just as a reminder, USCIS must receive your petition uh, by end of June, June 30th. Well, that's all the time we have today. Uh, thank you for joining me, Marcy, and thank you all for listening. 
If you want to learn more about Rice AT Solutions, our innovative projects, and discover new opportunities, you can follow us on LinkedIn and YouTube. And do not hesitate to reach out. I will see you next time. Be well and be good. Thank you.